Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. it's the first time it's ever happened of bringing someone back to finish off a speech because they shouldn't have cut them off so yeah so early they just think that only one person is going to speak and then weren't expecting it yeah awkward I assume so yeah well let them I was just about to say oh well let the, the man, man speak, speak and then the woman won't yes. speak yeah. the woman's got nothing important <laughs> to say we couldn't possibly hear from her when they're at his house and he says do you want to stay over it's like dude come on <laughs> Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Today I'm joined by Mark. Hello. And Elaine. Hello. And we're going to be talking about once. Hello from me. That was Helen. Sorry Helen, you're always here. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Our guests today are Mark and Elaine. Over to you please Elaine to tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do please. So we are Mark and Elaine, we are a married couple and I always forget to say that. So we've been married now for five years, had to check that before we came on, but we've been together for 10 years. We met at a local film club and yes, we review the latest TV and film that we've been watching, recorded from our sofa when our small boy decides to go to sleep and lets us record. He lets you. Yes. He says, okay, now mum and daddy, it's fine. You can start your podcast nonsense. He is the podcast <laughs> boss. <laughs> How long have you been running a podcast for? So we were a lockdown podcast. You know, lots of people wrote a book during lockdown. We decided to- Even more podcasts. (laughs) Yes. Well, we were one of those even mores. I suppose we always wanted to do a podcast. Mark was always desperate to do a wrestling podcast, particularly, but we always wanted to do a podcast, particularly around pop culture, because movie, TV, songs have always been our thing. Yeah. It's really brought us together. It's given us a lot of solace at at times of, of difficulty. And actually, we had a really difficult time just before the first lockdown. We had- extremely premature twins and one of our twins very sadly passed away and then our surviving twin stayed in neonatal intensive care for 123 days so we'd kind of gone through it a little bit before the first lockdown so we brought our little boy home he was on oxygen at the time we had this new baby with all these additional needs and then the pandemic hit 
and we were sort of on our own with this small child and with ourselves and we wanted to make sure really that it was our friends and family knew we were all right and we thought oh we'll just start recording if one night we'll just get the recorder on sat on the sofa and we'll have watched something because we're always watching something watch something have a bit of a chat about it mark's mum will probably listen to it because she's really kind like that and that'll be it and we'll probably we'll never even put it out and then one episode went to two went to three and now three years later glad to hear it's brought you closer because couples who do podcasts i feel like it could go either way so when i hear that it's made you stronger that makes my heart warm <laughs> <laughs> of course have you said the name of the podcast it's the Honeymoon Period podcast, which is an awry, dark humour nod to the fact that we had only got married the year before our twins arrived. So it was meant to be this, this special time of honeymoon joy. And uh, so a bit of a dark comedy moment. Well, we're here now to talk about films, which is what your choice today, Mark, which was Once. Can you tell us a bit about why you chose the film? And then we will get, well, a timer out and you'll have 60 seconds or less to give us the synopsis. Yeah, so this was, I first got into films in the mid 2000s and around the time I was started listening to podcasts, I was more a TV guy and listening to American podcasts, mainly around Lost, talked around a lot of films when Lost wasn't on. So yeah, this was a film that was mentioned on a couple of Lost podcasts and I kind of was waiting for it to come out in the UK. It was one of those films that came out year, months before in, in America. Waited for the release date looked at my local Odeon in Hull and found that <laughs> very quickly learned the problems that independent films have with distribution because it wasn't yeah. shown anywhere near. So I had to wait even longer for the DVD to be released. And it's a film that I fell in love with instantly. And it's a film that I've always wanted to talk about. But stupidly, back to, we launched a podcast where we talk about new stuff and stuff that each other haven't seen. So yeah, when, when this so came along... had a chance to talk about it. Absolutely. It was the first thing I searched for. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, I'm going to get a timer up for you and you will have 60 seconds. And the 60 second synopsis starts now. So Once is a story of a guy who's a busker, who meets a girl, who's a street seller and a aspiring piano player. They form a friendship over a week, really bond through music. And in that week, record songs that may or may not indicate their feelings at a certain, any given time, record an album together and then make big decisions around the rest of their lives. 30 seconds. Is it just the course of a week? It wasn't that clear, is that? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. I think quite early on, Guy says, oh yeah, I'm leaving on Monday. So, and then I think that sets in time, that sets the motion going. But... That sets the motion, yeah. And they don't have names, do they? They just, it's Guy and girl. Yeah, it was literally the credits of the first time I saw this that I realised that, <laughs> oh yeah, names, well, yeah. never learned any names at all. Yeah, because I thought I thought the only name that we learned was Ivanka, which is the the kid's name. And I remember him at the, the guy at the end speaking to his mum, who doesn't also doesn't have a name, which is fine if someone has a name, that's fine. But if like the guy has a name and he's called Brian and she's just called her, that's like <laughs> guys, what are you playing at? Do you think he's actually called Guy? <laughs> oh, I, oh, I don't know. No, I think it's just that. Yeah, that boy, boy, girl. Man, man, woman. Mm. But he says to her mum, "Have you?" Is herself in, which is like that's such a strange way to put it. I don't know if it's a, like an Irish thing. I think Irish. it's Irish. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's what it me. But let's talk about the film anyway. So, yeah, Helen, I think you've talked about it once before. What? Is, am I right in saying so? Have you seen it before? 
I have seen it before. I remember it coming out and it basically came from nowhere because it had one of those like teeny weeny 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 budgets and then suddenly it was like Oscar nominated and everyone had seen it and the, it won the Oscar and it was just like this huge massive film so I think I probably saw it after the cinema but yeah definitely like maybe like 2008-ish kind of time so I hadn't seen it since then and I kind of vaguely remembered the plot but then there was quite a lot of things that I hadn't remembered like I hadn't really remembered the songs in particular which might be a, a bit of a how I kind of feel a little bit about the songs I don't think the songs have aged that well I was watching it going this is definitely a very, very specific sound for a specific time. But, you know, it's a really sweet film. And I, so I kind of like... 2007. Okay, yeah. Yeah, kind of yeah. like sort of twin, sort of teeny guitars and, da, 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 and kind of like Damien Rice kind of singing songy vibes. But it's a really sweet story and you can't be mad at it. So. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Elena, sweet. You, I guess you've seen this before as well. <laughs> Yeah, I went to see it at the at the cinema. Weirdly, it was one of the things that Mark and I talked about when we first started chatting to each other when we met at the film club. We talked a lot about Glenn Hansard's scarf. I do remember that as sort of like a bonding moment between us. So I had seen it originally at the cinema and I'd also got the DVD and remember being quite charmed by it and charmed by the backstory as well of the small budgets and how it had just really grown and also the romance between the cast members as well. Tell us about the background to the story. I know nothing about it. So Mark will be better at this than me, so I'm waiting for him to <laughs> nudge me when he knows a fact. But from what I understand, Glenn Hansard had been a writer for a long time, singer-songwriter, and he'd been in a band called The Frames. And also starting The Commitments as well, from what, I, from what I understand. So he'd been around for a long time. As in the film or a stage musical version of it? From the, the film, I think. So he, he'd been quite well known. And then Margetta the girl, she had been working with him and he had been supporting her and they had sort of done some work together and then come together to create this film and then continue to work together afterwards. And during the course of making the film, they fell in love. Beautiful. I just did some... But didn't stay together. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just checked out. So the budget for this is $150,000 and it made $23 million. That's an insane return <laughs> for it. Someone's done a good investment there. They have there, yeah. Maybe it was like a loan, like the bank, like they went to the bank guy and said, I want to make a film. And then he goes... I'm going to show you something. Brings out a big camera. <laughs> like, like filming stuff too. It's a bit mawkish, but that's it's just it's the kind of film you're in, isn't it? That's you just go, you just kind of get blown along with it. John Carney. I think the first time I've seen a John Carney film was the one afterwards, which was their Begin Again. Oh, sorry, there's one after that, and then there's yes. Begin Again, which with their Ruffalo and James Gordon. <laughs> but we'll forgive that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll forget he's in that. So I kind of, I, once I realised it was him, I was like, oh, I know what kind of film this is. And I forgot that he, another film we had of his uh, was Sing Street, which I, yes. was people took against me for saying I didn't like the songs that well. <laughs> but I liked the whole story. And it's, it, Liam Hates Dempsey, if you listen to this now, alludes to that in one of the Twitter comments. I think this was really interesting. And you could tell it was kind of rough and ready, but that was part of the charm. Not as polished as... My closest comparison would be for Sunrise. Absolutely. In terms of just kind of walking around and 
people talking. But then it had the, I thought some of the songs were really nice and sweet. I didn't really dig into them. I might, I might have had the time to listen to them again. I was just kind of taken by uh, his voice. I was like, gosh, that's really, that's a really good voice. Yeah. And it really worked well with Marquette's voice. So I was, that kind of harmony side of things was kind of won me over more than I think the actual songs itself. And you like the story of the, you know, just finding some guys off the streets, some other buskers and let's, hey, let's record some stuff over the weekend. It reminds me a lot of the seahorses when John Squire said to, he found the lead singer of the seahorses busking and said, hey, do you want to make some music together? And they did. So I, I really like that kind of vibe of things. And I think it just, it is, if you want to pick holes into it, I thought some of the acting wasn't so great and the it seemed, some of it seemed a bit stilted, but I think it kind of works, it worked really well against the rough and ready kind of way things were shot and just like, it looked like, people would was literally holding a decent camera not the best camera but just a decent camera in a studio or in a shop or on the streets and i think it just worked well for this one and i can see why people took to it and were charmed by it i totally agree with what you're saying the acting they're not professional actors but then Lawrence olivier i suspect probably couldn't write falling slowly <laughs> helen i'm really like i feel i need to defend the music but i was the kid at school who had an acoustic guitar and lent the B-sides to Oasis because it was oh. loads cooler than playing, like, Wonderwall. So, yeah, I was the one playing Talk Tonight. Talk Tonight's a fantastic song to play. Talk Tonight and Rocking Chair yeah. at, at parties Much trying to impress Wonderwall. girls. <laughs> so, yeah, I think my soul is with this. Did you have a scarf, though? That was where I was missing out. That's that, <laughs> that's where I was... That's why I failed, apparently. <laughs> You didn't offer to like fix Hoover's. That is one funny moment where he's like, oh, bring a Hoover along, I'll fix it. And she drags along a little Henry. Yeah, Hoover. it's been a little while since I've seen this and it's a lot, it, I forgot about some of the humour and a lot of the humour seems very, I don't know if it's just the handheld camera, but it feels very officey. Like especially the, the the bank, the guy in the bank getting the guitar out. That could have been Free Love Freeway. Yeah, and then, yeah the producer when they're doing the recordings where he's like, yeah, I've got some oddballs here. And then you very broad of his looking and oh, just suddenly realising that they've got something with this music. Yeah, yeah it felt like an odd humour. I love the band that they get together when they're like, you play Lizzie? Is it like Lizzie? No, no, not really. <laughs> and I think probably when I first saw it, I didn't have much of a clue about Thin Lizzie, so that hit me for the first time. Did you know that was a Phil Lynott statue time. that they were playing in front of? No. Yeah, I, I did at the time. I, I, I do now, yeah. I mean, I, I did watch it this time. I did probably didn't the first time I saw it. It since had to be moved because someone vandalised it, apparently. Okay. Well. Yeah, it, it now faces a different direction so that I think students can't go and rip off the top, which is what happened. So just... Students being students. Okay. Yes. Have you guys seen Sing Street? Yes. <laughs> Sing Street was one of the name of the tables at our wedding. Oh, was it? Was it all? Was it all film tables? It was all fictional bands from TV and oh. film. We didn't want to just do films. We'd been to loads of weddings where people had done films, and we didn't want to do bands, so we sent bands from films and TV. So mm-hmm. Marvin Berry and the Starlighters, and was Pugwall the Orange Organics there? Was that one? <gasps> Absolutely. Was it? it absolutely yeah. was, yeah. It yeah was. Genuinely. <laughs> one of the front tables. That's the one that no one got. So, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Well, someone posted on Instagram recently this, the theme tune to it, and I was like, I know, I still know every word. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're exactly the same. And all the words to all the songs. We're all going to have a party. Music singing, dancing, <laughs> dancing, playing. Anyway, we're not talking about wall. <laughs> so how does this compare to other... So- did you, this, this was only the first time I'd seen it and I thought they were going to go away together and I liked the way they didn't, in the story at least. And I liked the way that maybe she or herself tried to maybe rekindle things with her husband. 
it probably doesn't work in real life, but there's they've got a kid involved, so it kind of makes sense to have another go at it. So I like the originality, quote unquote, in that storyline. What do you guys think about that? Um, yeah. Yeah. Anti Hollywood ending, isn't it? It's basically like they don't skip off into the sunset yeah. and become mega stars off the one record. They just kind of go back. She goes back to sort of her normal life and just tries to make things work. And he might not rekindle in London. It might be a disaster. And I think that what kind of makes it elevates it a little bit from kind of like the homemade thing is that they, they've kind of stuck to it and gone you know not everything is you know you can still make yeah. this they can have that one magical night together but that doesn't mean it's going to be romance and rainbows for everyone they've still got to go back to reality yeah. I think what I find really interesting that even though she is younger than him and he alludes to that during the film she is very much in control of, of what is going on. She makes her own decisions and she's she thinks through things very carefully and she understands that if she was going to go back to his, particularly at the end, then it would just be, as she calls it, hanky-panky. <laughs> just, I mean, it's so sweet, isn't it? But she knows exactly what she means and he knows exactly what... And, and she's like, there are varying moments where you could see her sort of moving towards perhaps thinking about that romantic ending and pulling herself back. Mm. And she, she says something to him at one point where she, you know, she says, I've got responsibilities. And I think there's a real juxtaposition between him, who's, you know, got his dad, who's given him a bit of money and encouraging him to do all these things and seems to have a lot. He's got this freedom. He's got this opportunity to go to London and she is trying to earn as much money as possible. She's supporting her mum. She's supporting her daughter. Her husband's coming over and she's got all those people in the house as well that they've created this family. And I think she just has so much more responsibility. And at some point she, she does say that to him. She's like, I can't do these. You can go off doing these things, I you know, all day, but I've got responsibility. I've got duties and I find that really interesting because you don't normally get that sort of dynamic yeah I yeah, completely agree on that he's very much like the dreamer and, and the, the fantasist where she's kind of the pragmatic and thinking of the future and even though they have this kind of like chemistry they kind of realize that the chemistry might be fantastic and together their music is wonderful but in reality there might not be the future that that would indicate so I think that definitely like grounds it above like the general kind of like rom-com vibe where, you know, it's skipping off into the sunset, happy ever after. And you're just like, it's not going to last. <laughs> when they're at his house and he says, do you want to stay over? It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, no yeah. I'm blowing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, rightly so. But nothing, because nothing had happened right at that point. It hadn't been... <laughs> Even had a, like a, a cheeky kiss somewhere beforehand. It's just, mm-hmm. do you want to stay over? He could have tried to spin out, saying, "I mean, just and it's late, so you might just want to stay in that bed, and so you get home safely." But he he clearly meant, "Do you want do you want to have some sex right now?" I was like, <laughs> and that single bed in a room with <laughs> yeah. pages of cues stuck to the yeah, wall exactly. is so alluring. I mean, how did she resist? And, and I think that paints a really really interesting walls, picture. Dad him. in with his with his little <laughs> oh. <laughs> But yeah, I think that room really paints a, a picture of who he is and who he's become mm-hmm. since this breakup that he's gone through in the past. And like, there's times when I've had to move back in with my parents, like between places, and it's it's going back to your old room. There is that kind of it wasn't a good place for me. I had to get out as quickly as I could. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a sign of failure that because I know people no. who've got yeah. friends who were living in Korea and have moved back home 
but the, their house was they rented out. It's not they can't go into it for another like month. So they're staying with his parents, and he's like, "This is the worst thing in the entire world. I, I hate every second <laughs> of it." <laughs> but it's just something. Sometimes you just have to do that, and mm. that's yeah. life, isn't it? But his dad seemed quite supportive. Yeah, yeah. That, that bit at the end where he's playing the song just absolutely breaks me every time that's the bit which i cry at and that probably <laughs> speaks a bit about <laughs> how about how much i need confirmation from my parents and things like that but yeah yeah that is the bit that i will well up at every single time i watch this film lovely is there anything else guys want to say before we head to the scores did you have a favorite song can you remember the names of the songs does it matter mm. oh i know all the yes, songs, I know all the songs. <laughs> yeah um, one thing are you guys aware of the controversy around the dvd cover to this well one a few, we look, I looked at a few different posters and one of them has them holding hands. I don't know if that's that controversy. That's the American DVD cover right. and there was big, big kickoff online about that. Is that the controversy you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's a really bad Photoshop as well. Like, they haven't put the hands into each other. It's just, we've just moved the things closer together. <laughs> and yeah, Glenn Hansard came out and said how much it had absolutely lost the point of the film, having them holding hands. And the other thing is, have you seen the Oscar acceptance speech of for this? No. So Glenn Hansard comes up and does a really quick speech and Maketa Iglova goes to make it and she's played off. So she didn't get to say anything. They went to commercial and John Stewart, I think, is the presenter and makes a quick joke. Go to commercial, and when they come back, they said, "Look, we're really sorry. We'll bring her back on." And then she gets to make a little quick speech of thanking everyone. It's I think it's the first time it's ever happened. Oh, okay, bringing someone back to finish off a speech because they shouldn't have cut them off. So yeah, so early. Did I just think that only one person is going to speak and then weren't expecting it? Yeah, awkward. I assume so. Yeah. yeah. Well, let them, I was just about to say, oh, well, let the, the man, man speak. speak, and then the woman won't yes. speak. Yeah. The woman's got nothing important <laughs> to say. We couldn't possibly hear from her. And another thing, just to mention, I've only found this out a couple of days ago and it's a really weird coincidence, but they've both got together again, musically. They're both now married to other people. They've had children with other people and their new single was released. I think there's a YouTube video to go with it okay. a couple of days ago. And it's called The Answer Is Yes. And it's a direct reference to everything that happened during that time of once and the filming of once and, and everything that happened during it. And the lyrics are very personal and essentially what they're asking is was it worth it you hurt me I hurt you these things happen and in the video you can see them playing together in a very sort of one style it's almost like a sequel to once it's beautifully done it's in Iceland and it's gorgeous and every now and again they go to the Oscar and for falling slowly and it's it's a direct reference to it and then of course what they're saying is the answer is yes. That's the title of the song. It was worth it. Yeah. And it's really beautiful. It's really well done. Well, I'll take a look at that. And I need to just do the Spotify thing and listen to the album properly and how to sing with everything. But I mean, I thought the musical bits were really, I think that's probably what pulled me over more than the will they, won't they kind of romance side of things when they play music in the music shop. And the, I love it when the, you get just two people, one, guy, one person starts playing an instrument and the other person's good enough to be able to just pick up and start playing along. I always like that kind of thing. And I think they did it really well and organically in this. Well, let's head to the scores, guys. Hi, 
I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. The scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you if you feel like a few decimal places. And we will start with you, please, Mark, with your recommendability. My recommendability is 4.5 because this is the film that I do recommend to everyone. I was quite heartbroken when I tried to recommend this to Elaine quite early on in our relationship. And she said she'd already seen it. <laughs> I think it was actually before we got together. It was quite early on. And is that, like, why is that heartbreak though? <laughs> well, because I wanted to be really cool at this point and like say, oh, there's this really cool film that I think you'll like. like and yeah, she's like, oh, I've already seen it. Yeah. I made it actually. <laughs> but then within... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was on the crew. But then within two, <laughs> within two months, I was booking us tickets to see the West End play of it. So something worked out right there. So we, yeah, I know there's a play. Did the play come first or the... No, the play came second. Oh, okay. It might be the most obscure film to ever get a West End play on the back of it. Well, I mean, if it's made twenty three million in the box office and got an Oscar behind it, I think that's I think thinner veiled excuses for films have been uh, musicals have been made. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I recommend this to everyone. But I think if you're not into plinky plonky music, it's possibly not the best film for you. <laughs> As I've found it a few times, but. They're just people that I don't want in my life. So, um, sorry, Helen. <laughs> well, we don't know if Helen doesn't like you. Look at my coat. <laughs> Elaine, your recommendability. Mine's a four. Probably for the same reason. I might have used the plinky plonky line if Mark hadn't have said it first, so I'll just steal it now. But yeah, I think if I was thinking about my friends, some people I think would find it a little bit on the boring side. It wouldn't have enough action for them. But I come out pretty highly on it. And I, th- I think it's that Helen used the word charming at the beginning of our conversation. And I think it is that I think that just encapsulates everything about it. It's a nice Sunday afternoon, stick it on, feel good about yourself, but a little bit wistful sort of film. Helen? Yeah, I'm going to give it a solid four. I think in my rankings, Begin Again is my favourite and then Sing Street just because I just really love the kid energy and I do like the songs in Sing Street. And then then this one, just I think at the time I probably liked the songs a lot more, but I, I feel like they've aged a little bit and that kind of like took me out of the moment. I was a bit like, ooh. What do you mean by they've aged a bit? Was Just because that genre of music was just like around at that time and it just reminded me of all those bands and you don't really have that sound anymore. And it, it just made me think, oh, this is a bit old, but it is so charming that I don't think you can really be mean about it because it's... It is just really charming and, you know, they're doing something different as well. Like we don't get many sort of handheld films off a small budget that have a really simple story and they just kind of Mm. stick to it. So if you haven't seen it, then go for it. You might love the songs. They might be your favourite songs. It's really cool that, yeah, again, super tight, small budget and without, I think the music is the thing that elevates it and makes it, sets it apart from anything else. Because I'm sure there's many student films which are a story like this. We'll we'll just get a hand, we'll just use a handheld camera or just use their iPhone with a special attachment but then they don't have the quality of the, the music behind them and his vocals in particular I thought was like really really strong just something you don't kind of see there's many people who can play I mean he wasn't playing anything particularly complex on the guitar for example but 
his vocals alongside is really what made it sing. So yeah, I'm going to go for four as well. I think you guys have said everything. It's quite an easy recommend. Like, hey, watch it. It's a short film. If you don't like the songs, then you maybe switch off after the scene in the in the music shop. I do like films about bands. I like films about music. And I like films. I like seeing people do the recording process, even if it is the Queen, <laughs> the Queen <laughs> film, which has got issues. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is way better yeah. than that. Repeat doing score, Mark. So I'm going to go 3.5 on this, which is low for someone who watched it three times the weekend he rented it, but. I think for me, this is probably one of my top 10 favourite films and I've not watched it for a good 10 years now. And I think the reason is I've got the soundtrack on Spotify that I put on regularly and that's kind of like a nicotine patch. That means I don't need to watch it all the time. Yeah, I know all the songs on it. And yeah, I can probably name you like a lyric from halfway through of any given song at any given time because I've played it out so many times over the past well, 15 years. There's a song where they, they sang in the studio, the first one. I thought it was a bit repetitive, the refrain. I can't remember what the... Is that when if, your mind's when, made up? Yeah. Oh, that's my favourite one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a, I like the re- <laughs> repeating. That was, the only, that was the only comment I had. <laughs> Elaine, you're repeating the score. I think I'm a solid three. It, it's been a while since I've watched it as well. And like Mark says, we listen to the Simon track quite regularly, I think. I do think it's... One of those films where if you sort of greedily watched it over and over and over again, it might lose some of its charm. It might, you know, that sort of handheldy camera put together documentary it style pick, might just start, start to, to work. Yeah, I'm a three. Helen? Yeah, I'm a three as well. I don't think I've seen it since I saw it the first time. So I enjoyed watching it again. And like, it's like just under 90 minutes as well. So it really zips by. So there's worse ways to spend an hour and a half. So yeah, a good solid three. I'm going to go 2.5. I don't think I'll watch it that often, but I think if I do like the soundtrack, like you guys have said, I will prioritise that over the film. And when we talked about Les Mis, (laughs) there's a stage where I listen to the soundtrack like every day and that's a long soundtrack. And then when I watched watched the film again for this, I was like, oh, this has got some issues. But I still like the soundtrack. So it might be one of those films. Small screen score. Mark? I'm going to go 4.9. There's very little that you need to see on a big screen here. (laughs) The only thing is, I think with the... I'm not a technical film person, but in my mind, it's possible that the very digital look of this film might be a little bit softer on like a good 35mm print. Yeah. Alternatively, it might really bring it out on a big, <laughs> to look worse on a big screen. So, yeah, it's pretty close. But there's nothing, I don't think there's anything here that needs to be seen on IMAX or anything like that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a perfect small screen film for me. Elaine? Yeah, and I'm a four, and probably for the same reasons. I forgot how grainy it was. Yeah. Um, when I watched it again, it just, it really struck me, just... There was so much grain, and I'm not a film tech person, but so much graininess. You could really sort of sense the handheldy camera, but not as we would see it today, I don't think. Helen, I'll go to you first. I'm going to give it a five. I think it's one of those that is perfect for Netflix if you're looking to impress a certain someone with a nice kind of like romantic film that's a little bit quirky with some good songs. And you can go, do you want to come around and watch this cute little film? And they say, oh, I've seen it ages ago. Are you going to come around anyway? No hanky-panky. So yeah, I think it's perfect, Five. Do you still class it as a romantic film even though they don't get together? Yeah. No, 
whole romance. Like, you know, not I, I, I kind of like the romantic films where people end up splitting up at the end. That's kind of like the way I, I, I find them quite interesting. Yeah, there's like love and there's there's romance in music, like love for music. And you can have like bittersweet romance, can't you? Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, there was some there was some kind of tension. Guess what? I think I'm going to go for five as well. I'd like to know whether it was the particular print that Netflix has of this that they showed us. Because we we did Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and that looked <laughs> for me that looked really murky. Whereas other films haven't done. So I think sometimes they just go, well, chuck it on Netflix. Who gives us who gives a toss? So I wonder if this could be one of those versions. I really felt the same as you, Elaine. That and I think otherwise, I think it was great. I like like I say, it seemed a bit like The Office kind of vibe, where just almost crash zooming in sometimes, or just like cutting across to a thing and it just seemed like if I was in the cinema would I like it? Nah. Engagement score. Mark. I want to go 4.5 again. It's such an easy watch. I will carry on watching this all the way through when I, if I find it on yeah. which you occasionally do. I'll watch it all the way through. I'll enjoy the music and it's a nice easy tight what's 88 minutes is it? And yeah. It's a very low investment of time to watch this all the way through. Elaine. And I'm a four for the same reason, if it comes on. And I think, like you say, it's not the plot because the plot in itself is very light. It's the music. It's hearing the music coming in. It's hearing them building the music, making the music, grabbing the band off the street. I think the music really propels it forward and that's why I watch it. Helen? Four as well, similar to kind of what Elaine's been saying, but I think for me it is like the creative process of two people making music and how that kind of starts off with like one person might have some lyrics, the other person might have some music and then they just kind of like find their groove and then they bring in other people and together they create something quite magical. So yeah, I mean, it's not taxing, like, you know, you can sit there eating a plate of chips and it's fine. <laughs> you can look at, look at your chips and eat and you don't miss anything or anything. So yeah, it's nice. Four. I'm going to go slightly lower. I think there's some parts which dragged a bit. I, I, first, I think it could potentially have lost even more time. Like when they went for that motorbike ride, I thought, I'm not sure what's happening there because it didn't look particularly beautiful. And they had that kind of weird argument about, can she drive the bike? No. And it ended up with, with her not driving the, riding the bike. And I was like, I don't really know what happened. That might last 30 seconds too long, that yeah. argument. Like it, it went on. Yeah. Chicks dig bikes, though, yeah. Yeah, but that's, I think that's part. Well, they, they did in two thousand and six, maybe in I think Ireland. That's part of where I'm like the acting isn't isn't that strong as well. That's where one of the sections where I thought you really should have just cut that down. I found myself fading in about places, but overall, that gives us a score of three point nine six two five zero. Oh, yeah, very high that one. Ooh. It is just a shade under the four spots. Well, well done. It's repeat viewing score that lets it down in general. Yeah. I knew I should have gone for five on that and just <laughs> hold on I'm just going to do some maths and see if you'd got five would it have taken it over the four mark oh it would have done <laughs> unlucky these are now lessons <gasps> done I feel I've let everyone down here <laughs> so let's head over to Twitter and guys if you're listening for the first time if you don't follow us we are at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and do follow us for general kind of podcasting chats and Netflix chats but also before we record we put a tweet saying something similar to this we're reviewing Once with Elaine and Mark from At The Honeymoon Pod. Have you seen it? Tells your thoughts and the score out of five stars for a shout out on this very podcast. And we had a couple of responses. Mark, do you want to read the first one? Yeah. Chris Alden said, lovely film. I saw them before Songs of the Barbican with the original band from the film too. And he gave that four. That sounds quite like a nice thing to do at the Barbican. Well, especially yeah, just in general, but at the Barbican, why not? Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely venue. Elaine, do you want to take the second one? 
So we had a tweet from Liam H. Dempsey and he said, a special film that's balm for the soul. Genuinely beautiful songs. And then in brackets, Kobe, you better not come for this Sing Street style. I swear to God, exclamation mark. That resonate with powerful emotion. The story appears slight, but the feelings it ends up evoking are strong. <laughs> Five stars. Well, there you go. Thanks, Liam. And thanks, Chris, for your responses. If you're listening and you want to give us a response, please do. We'd love to. And have a go at us before we've even yeah, reviewed exactly. the film. Yeah, exactly. where we're going to fall on the line. <laughs> I just think the songs are better in this than Sing Street. <laughs> Elaine and Mark, he tells where we can find you online. And we'll say goodbye to the listeners. We are at The Honeymoon Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find our podcast where you listen to this, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Guys, listen, it's fun. It's a great podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Rockwood Audio's editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production. 